You're listening to Small Business Big Impact, how to support employees experiencing family and domestic violence. This podcast contains content which you might find distressing. If you or someone you know needs support, please call Lifeline on 13114 or 1800 RESPECT. That's 1800 737 732. Welcome back to Small Business Big Impact, a podcast about family and domestic violence created specifically for small business owners. My name is Gretel Colleen. In our last episode, we learned how the workplace can be an important safe space for employees experiencing family and domestic violence. But the reason we're doing these podcasts is because all employees are now entitled to paid family and domestic violence leave. So why would your staff member ask for time away from work? Let's have a listen to one scenario. After much soul-searching, Divya, who immigrated to Australia 10 years ago, has decided to leave her husband. He is controlling, violent and isolating forbidding her to spend any time alone with her friends and listening in on her phone calls. Divya's husband also controls the family finances. She doesn't have a bank account, her phone is in her husband's name, and she doesn't know where he keeps her passport, residency documents and the children's birth certificates. She asks her employer at a small private childcare centre for a week of paid domestic violence leave so that she can make arrangements to keep herself and her children safe while her husband is at work. Her boss supports Divya, but reminds her that it's really hard to find casual staff and that to stay open, they have to maintain a certain staff-to-child ratio. She asks Divya if she can take care of the arrangements on the weekend. Let's bring in our expert to understand why Divya has asked for and needs this paid leave. Padma Raman is the CEO of Australia's National Research Organisation for Women's Safety, or ANROS. Padma, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gretel. Now, Padma, in a big company, if someone's unexpectedly out for a week or two, it doesn't make a huge difference to overall operations. But for a small business like the childcare centre where Divya works, it can really muck things up. So a question that may be in some people's minds is why can't Divya take care of the arrangements on her weekend? Well, many people wonder this. Our National Community Attitude Survey into Violence Against Women found that while 91% of Australians think family violence is a problem, only 47% of them think it happens in their community, town or suburb. But it is happening. If you walk down the street, if you go to the shops in your workplace, you're going to walk past someone experiencing family violence at home. So you can imagine If you don't think it's happening in your community, which includes your workplace, then you also don't understand everything that Divya needs to do. But there are many reasons why she needs to leave. On her weekends, she has the children, her husband is not at work and is therefore able to watch her every move, and many, many of the services she needs to access in order to leave the marriage are closed. You can't underestimate the complexity of what Divya needs to do. It's really, really hard to set up by yourself, especially as a single person with children especially if it's a country where you don't know the systems and processes. Accommodation, a new school for the children, maybe even police protection. I understand and have empathy for Divya's employer, but we have to see domestic violence as a community-wide problem that requires all of us to lean in and help. 
Now, can you take me through what Divian needs to do to set herself up, to take care of herself and her children's safety? Okay. Does she need an apprehended violence order or an intervention order? They're a protection order that puts restrictions and conditions on the perpetrator to help stop the violence or to put some distance between Divya and her partner. But if she needs one of these orders, she has to learn about the process. She has to apply and go to court. And that would have to happen during work hours. And you can't choose your court date, can you? So you have to appear when the court tells you to, no matter what day that is, what work day it is. Exactly. She might also have to go to a support service first to get support in going to court. Thankfully, someone at that support service would also then be able to help Divya navigate the long, long list of everything else she needs to do. And of course, those support services are not necessarily available on weekends. Now, tell me... Does the fact that Divya is an immigrant make her more vulnerable? It definitely does. And in this case, Divya's husband controls her passport and her other papers. He may also have provided her with misinformation about how she wouldn't be allowed to stay in the country. We've got lots of evidence of immigration-based violence. But there are helplines, including 1-800-RESPECT, that can give her information to tell her that if she's experienced violence, even if she leaves him, she has grounds to stay in Australia. So Divya may well need to get legal advice on her immigration status, and that would also have to happen during work hours. And she needs to get a bank account. How is she going to do that if her husband controls all her documents? Well, there's good news here. Most big banks have a vulnerability unit or a customer service unit They've been trained to be able to respond to domestic and family violence. So she could go to the bank and ask to speak to someone from that team and see what support they can give her to establish her own bank account. That's good news. But once again, during work hours. So what about getting Divya a phone that her husband doesn't have access to? Something that I imagine she'd want to do early in the piece, given that she has to make phone calls to arrange everything else, yet doesn't want her husband knowing about the calls. Is it possible for that to be assisted? Yes, more and more telcos are thinking about vulnerability as well. And they've got staff who are trained in supporting people who have been experiencing violence. And if she goes to an emergency shelter, for example, many shelters have phones that they can give people who are living there. Wow, there's so many things to organise, every nook and cranny of life. And this is really complicated and hard to navigate, even for someone who's been educated and grown up in this country. So it's going to be much more difficult for someone like Divya, especially as this is occurring while she's experiencing violence in the home and may not be physically or psychologically strong enough. Are there specialist services for women who grew up in other cultures? There are some but they're harder to access. And sometimes women want to use mainstream services because they don't want anyone in their community knowing about what's happening. There's lots and lots of stigma attached to leaving and it can be very, very isolating and very difficult. Yes, and that doesn't matter what culture you come from, there can still be the stigma. So with all this going on, how important is it for Divya to keep her job? It's profoundly important. We've got a lot of research that shows any support employers can provide is going to be vital for the employee and their children. Poverty or the fear of poverty is a major reason for people remaining in violent or abusive relationships. Would Divya have her pay 
continue to go into the account her husband controls so the money keeps coming in and he can keep thinking that she's at work? Exactly. Divya needs time away from her controlling partner to make arrangements. And if she can get that time during her normal work hours and he thinks she's at work, that is helpful in keeping her safe. Right. She may also ask her employer for some flexibility with the leave, a morning here or an afternoon there, because that's what her situation may well require. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't have to take the leave as a solid 10 days. It's a total of 10 days to be taken on a needs basis. That makes good sense. And I think it's really important to say that an employee doesn't need to be in the process of leaving their partner to take leave. They might choose to take leave to undergo treatment at hospital or to have safety measures installed at home. Many people make several attempts to leave their partner and this paid leave arrangement is intended to cover a variety of circumstances. But regarding payment for that leave, if Divya's pay goes straight into an account that's scrutinised by her husband, won't he see on her pay slip that she's getting leave? That's a great question. Family and domestic violence leave is required to be recorded as payment for ordinary hours of work or as another kind of payment for performing work, such as an allowance, bonus or overtime payment. And that's for the exact reason you stated, to protect the safety of the person experiencing violence. But ultimately, flexibility is the key here. There might be a good reason for why Divya wants the leave to show. She might have told her partner she was sick. So importantly, she can ask her employer to record it in whatever way suits her situation. Oh, that's important. Right. And it's another thing for small business operators to keep in mind that many partners who control others may have access to bank or payslip information. So it's super important that there is nothing on those that would indicate that your employee is taking family or domestic violence leave. Now, Padma, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Research has shown that it can take women up to seven attempts to successfully leave an abusive relationship. So I imagine some employers listening to this now are asking, is Divya able to take this leave every year for as long as it's needed? Well, the legislation provides for 10 days of paid family and domestic violence leave per year. If a woman requires this leave more than once, then that's a reflection of how incredibly difficult it is for her to leave. There might be a genuine fear for the physical safety of herself or her children if they leave. We know that the period when a woman leaves is the most dangerous time for her. It's a turbulent, traumatising path. And yes, it often does need to be attempted more than once. So yes, that can mean leave can be provided again the next year, but it's not a luxury. It's actually a necessity. All right, another devil's advocate question. Are we going to have a situation, do you think, where employers don't want to hire women because they're more likely to ask for paid domestic violence leave? I really hope not. As I said before, this is a community-wide problem. The numbers are so high in terms of women who experience violence and there are men who experience violence too. So we can't be in a situation where we say we can't hire people who've experienced violence because it is at epidemic proportions and at levels that are so high that we just can't avoid employing people who've experienced violence. I think it's really important to keep in mind that companies thrive when they keep productive staff, happy productive staff, and that this leave is actually going to be really beneficial, not just for employees, but employers too. Padma Raman, CEO of Australia's National Research Organisation on Women's Safety, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Gretel. 
Now, if this or any of our podcast episodes have raised issues for you or your employees, then you can call the 24-7 hotline 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. In the episode notes of your podcast app, you'll find information from the Fair Work Ombudsman about how to record paid family and domestic violence leave on a payslip so you don't endanger your employee. And also there'll be a list from 1-800-RESPECT of the kinds of services that your employee might need to access during their paid leave. Thank you for listening. The time you're spending on this podcast is invaluable to your business and employees. In our next episode, we'll spend some time understanding how domestic violence can impact your business and your bottom line. See you then. This podcast has been produced for the Australian Government by Lifeline Australia. Lifeline delivers DV Alert, the nationally recognised training program for frontline workers dedicated to ending violence against women and children. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we podcast, as well as those on which you are listening, and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Listener.